Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC Flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? I'm amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's M Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me, we can't say as always. I mean, not right now. People have memories not that short. With me, DJ Mark. What's up? Nice to have you back, brother. Also yeah, with pleasure. me, Lavender Gooms. A very happy last day of Hanukkah to you too. Thank you, Mike. I Come actually on. my parents went to a Hanukkah celebration and brought me back some um Kugel, I think it's called, and then um, some latkes. They were very tasty. So, my uh, my favorite part of this holiday is uh, I text our friend uh, Hillary from law school maybe tw- two times in mm. in any given year. Mm. Uh, one of them is on her birthday, and the other is the first day of Hanukkah. It's very nice, nice of you. Well done. Yeah, good friend of ours definitely isn't going to listen to this. Even if I tell her, even if I tell her she was mentioned, unless I specifically say you are in the first minute and a half of this podcast, <laughs> even then. Um, all right, boys and girls, um, this is we're going to preview the last big fight card of 2021. You know, had a rough 2020, all of us rough tw- 2021 wasn't that great. 2022, baby. I'm expecting more of the same. So fucking buckle up. Um Anyway, um, before that, we're going to talk a little Jose Aldo, or a little Jose Aldo, a little uh, a little, Ser- a little Sergio Pettis, a little young Serge. Um, we're going to talk about a surprising UFC release. We're going to we're going to talk about Tommy Fury fumbling the bag, fumbling the bag, and Tyron Woodley scooping that shit up and finding a whole nother bag that might be available to him. Um, Tommy Fury and his weak ass ribs. Yeah, um, but let's get into it. Um, Story of the weekend, Jose Aldo, Rob Font, five-rounder. Jose, I believe, was 50-45 on most scorecard, on the scorecards at the end, if I'm not mistaken. Um, someone please correct me if I'm wrong while I'm talking here. Um, Jose started a little slow, um, but still won those first couple of rounds. Um, Rob Font really came out of this fight, no one thinking less of him. But the narrative really, Marcus, is that we are seven, eight years past Jose Aldo losing that title in 13 seconds to Conor McGregor. And he's still here being debatably, and if you ask the current champion, he believes this, debatably the second best bantamweight in the world. I mean, this man, you know, people call him your favorite fight, your your favorite fighter's favorite fighter. And Jose Aldo's out there still doing his thing, Marcus. Yeah, this was a big win for him. Uh, I know personally, I've always kind of, I've counted him out for a while now. And the move to bantamweight has really revitalized his career. He he's had a, a great kind of second act, um, you know, after losing to Connor. And I think a lot of the, um, you know, I think fire around him kind of dying down. But even though I, I think it's debatable to call him second best, there's there's still a lot of guys in this weight class I want to see him, you know, lock up with to really figure that out. I mean, there's 
Sanhagen, there's TJ, there's a lot of guys up there in those like top five that he hasn't fought yet that I'm, I'd be very interested to see how those fights uh, play out. But Rob Font was another guy that was surging up and, uh, you know, I, I didn't get, I didn't, you know, I did not finish the homework assignment. My book report is incomplete. I only saw the first two rounds, but I was really impressed on both sides. Uh, Rob was doing, you know, everything right in those first couple rounds. A lot of movement, a lot of activity, trying to put a lot of pressure on him. And although, you know, I, again, I, I need to go back and see three, four, and five, but he stole those rounds just by landing a, a better one, two, and, and causing a lot of damage and stealing those rounds away from Rob. So you, you mean I, one I and two, narrative. correct, Marcus? One and two were the rounds he stole with the. The door. That, those are the only ones I saw. No, I'm, I'm and, just to be clear for people listening. Yeah, like I think Rob was, especially in that first round, he was dominating him. You know, he, he his jab was on point. He was switching stances. He was causing Aldo to be very reactive. Uh, and then the last 10 seconds, you know, he put on a one-two and it rocked Rob, knocked him to the ground. Um, Aldo was able to jump on top, not really do a lot of damage there or get great positions, even threaten with a submission, but was enough to steal that round and more or less did the same thing in round two. So it was definitely a scenario where Aldo did not have to be super active because the the parts where he exploded, he was able to do so much damage and really take away a lot of thunder that Rob was bringing. And I think, you know, I, I'm interested to watch the rest of the fight. I'm interested to see the strike totals because it definitely seemed like Rob was putting out a lot more than uh, Jose Aldo was. But, you know, it comes down to damage. And, and what Ho Jose Aldo was doing very well defensively was Moving his head, even when he was getting hit with jabs and straights, they were more grazing shots. And when he landed stuff on Font, Font took the full brunt of it, uh, took a lot of damage and lost those rounds and lost the fight. So, yeah, Bob, I'm, I'm a little hesitant to say number two because I think everyone above him, he hasn't fought yet. So, Well, I mean, I'm, I'm mostly saying he, um, he has a claim to it uh, because he has not fought those people, but he... His only, I mean, he's got two losses in this weight class. The way he got in this, he joined this weight class maybe three years ago, let me see, I think it was. Um, his first fight being the Marlon Moraes fight. Um, it was December 2019. Um, Marlon Moraes fight where um, he lost um, a split, but it sounds like the powers baby that be thought he won because they gave him a title shot after that. Mm-hmm. Um, he got knocked out in the fifth against Peter Yan. Wasn't going particularly well before that. I don't remember him. Maybe it took it around. I honestly don't remember that fight. Right. Since then, Marlon Vera, Pedro Munoz, Rob Font. Three tough fucking guys. Put him down. So the champion, Peter Yan, said, I told Jose Aldo that he's going to beat everybody else in this weight class. Might be right, might be wrong. You know, Peter Yan. Mm-hmm. Has made sure. some stupid ass decisions in his life, so maybe you know. I mean, look, if, like, if I'm Sterling too, it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll boost up Aldo because in the scenario where he gets past Peter Yawn and he's looking for a big payday, I think Jose. Aldo... Wait, I said, I said Peter Yawn's a champion. Peter Yawn's the one who's been saying this, not Aljo. Sorry, Peter's the okay. one who's been saying. Well, that. I mean, look, yeah. we, we're, well, I mean, the, the one we really care about is Peter Yawn. Yeah, the one that we know. One. Man, Aljo better win this fight, or people are gonna let him hear the end of it. <laughs> But go ahead. But either way, right? It's and you know what? I I do feel if Peter Yan does get his belt back, that rematch is a little less interesting as Sterling. And, and that's the thing is like I think although there's a lot of top competition here that he hasn't fought, that I'm super. He called one excited. of them out, Marcus. He yeah, like called said, one I out. Think he called out DJ, right? DJ Dillashaw would be an awesome fight. I think him and Corey Sanhagen would be awesome, and him and Sterling. Those are three awesome fights, and you know, it, I think rolling it back with Peter isn't super 
Well, I mean, I think he's going to wait. Because they fought in... He's got to yeah. wait for that, and he might as well. He's not that young. Uh, Jose, Jose's not that young. I, I mean, he's younger than probably you think he is, given the number of fights he's had. Um, he's 35 years old. Jesus Christ, I'm older I'm older than Jose Aldo. Um, Jose's uh, 35, uh, just turned 35 in September. Um, Marcus, I love the TJ Dillashaw idea. And TJ, TJ, if someone calls, T, I mean, not that Jose was disrespectful, but if you, TJ Dillashaw is not going to just like not say anything. About somebody, you know, pulling his punk card. You know what I mean? Just seeing, like, if he can do it. And it's it's a great fight, you know. And it's one of those fights where it probably... I don't think you could... I don't know a scenario where they could be on a pay-per-view and get points. But that's a fight that I think sells. Like, I would like those guys. I mean, you put that on a five-round... You put that on... I, I, mean, see, I can see that as a co-main. I could be okay, a co-main yeah. on, like, a Connor fight do you think card, they, maybe. Do you think they, they get or, points, uh, too? Because I feel like the, the, that's a fight. Like I want them to, to make a nut, right? Like they need to make a bag. Is, is I'm telling you right now, TJ's not making. Yet. TJ's not making a bag. Jose might have enough to get something out of it, but do, 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 Jose's definitely got a good downside guarantee there. A good uh, a good base salary. Um, mm-hmm. I like that fight quite a bit. I think that'd be awesome. Because um, I don't know if TJ just wants to sit around. I don't. I don't know how hurt he is either. Because he couldn't fight. Remember when Sandhagen had to step in. Yeah, when, and that when, was a tough fight with him in San Hagen. So no, but I remember it was going to be um, it was going to for the Jan Sterling fight. Sterling had to pull out, and they wanted to go to TJ, but TJ was hurt. So then uh, San Hagen went in. Don't know how hurt TJ is. Um, Jose is fighting more often than I think you'd expect him to. I, I mean, I don't know, two fights in a year. It still seems like, I mean, it seems like he's fighting once in the summer, once at the end of the year. Uh, Aljo, also, it looks like Aljo and Peter are going to go soon, also right? Also very noteworthy. Also very noteworthy with Aldo. I mean, I don't think we've talked enough about how, you know, when he was like 29 or 30, he looked like grim death just getting down to 145. And he's been able to make it a 135 without that many complications. Yeah. Mike, that's no, a great point. point. You can go back and listen to this podcast from back then, though. Please don't. Um, but you, I mean, well, actually, two years ago, we definitely thought this was a terrible idea. Oh yeah, for we sure. Always, we thought this was a yeah. terrible idea. Like I think he just gotten think, his shit pushed sorry, in by Volkanovski. Because yeah, but like we thought it was terrible, right, Mike? This whole thing. Yeah, I, I think all of us, if we didn't say it, we all thought these are the last gasps of a struggling fighter trying to stay in the UFC and thought, well, let me just try to drop weight. And he's proven us wrong. There was a video the UFC social media put out, I think it was, or somebody put it out of um what Smolka? I think Smolka was on this card too, maybe, or Smolka was backstage. Maybe Smolka was just there. Um, but Smolka, oh, Jose was taking his pictures, you know, for the pre-fight thing, and Smolka had to go. Up, Smolka went up to him and said, "Man, I had to come say hi. You're the reason I'm a fighter. You know, I got like people love Jose Aldo. I was just watching a highlight reel, Marcus, of Jose going to the body, like someone playing a high guard. Anytime somebody plays a high guard against Jose Aldo, he just buries that left hook to the body and. Yeah, it's interesting, man. It's um, and I, I feel lo- I know some people were talking how they want to see him, him and Dominic being in the same weight class, and us never getting that fight is unfortunate. Is going to be unfortunate. Maybe if Jose had lost, but Jose just beat the number four bantamweight in the world. We got to see him fight one of the some guy at the top, right? Like that's where we're at. Yeah, I mean, Dominic Scott is plateful. I think I think he has a fight this next card. Yeah, he does, and Dominic doesn't fight so, that often. Well, we can pump our brakes yeah. on that. Dominic needs to win. He needs to work his way up to Aldo now. But yeah, like those three guys I mentioned, those are three fights 
within the rankings that make a lot of sense, and I'm excited am, to see am I imagining, He called out TJ, so. Am I imagining that they booked Yawn and Sterling already? Or am I... I don't think they did, maybe. That just happened. You have to assume, right? I mean, well, it just happened. Interim belt and do, do you mean just in general, or do you no, mean I, have they rebooked Have it? they booked it to put a date on it? And now that... They haven't yet, right? That was just, that just happened, San Higgins, Yawn, right? That was like I don't a month think there's or something. a date, but okay. It's I think March. Conclusion, makes, I would assume. I'm saying if that happens in March, I honestly I think TJ needs to, TJ and Aldo needs to happen. That sounds like a really good time. If not him, great. Sandhagen. But mm-hmm. um, other big news this weekend: Young Surge himself, Sergio Pettis. Um, I turned the fight on in the fourth round. Apparently, Horaguchi's won every single second of this fight up until this point. Not that it's been a slaughter. Sergio's a very good fighter, and it's hard to just beat his ass. But spinning one spinning back fist later, um, Sergio Pettis is officially the champion over in Bellator. And his brother Anthony laid a $10,000 bet on him, which, man, whew, how, how, how upset was Anthony? In, in fairness... <laughs> Serge was already officially the champion. No, but not in people. He said himself, like he said, "I'm not the champion until I fight Kyoji." You know. Yeah, and uh, or, yeah, Anthony. Anthony won some money off his uh, little brother. Bet ten thousand, won uh, twenty-seven thousand five hundred. So yeah, that's uh, that was a big win for him. Sergio needed a marquee win. That's a huge uh, victory for him, Mark. That's Horiguchi. Debatably, up until this point, you make the argument was the best. Was this this was twenty five or thirty five? I'm not clear. Twenty five. Mike, twenty five. Mike's pointing. Mike's pointing. Like up, yeah, yeah. twenty five. Um, not after. I mean, Demetrius Johnson probably the best flyweight in the world outside the UFC. I guess he's not fighting that much, but you know, Horaguchi, a guy that we all thought the UFC gave up on far too soon. Really, you know, that was a huge win for Sergio Marcus. Big big win for yeah, him. I mean. I, I believe Horaguchi did the cross promotion thing and beat the Bellator champ. I think. It's yeah, he beat, he beat Caldwell. He beat Darian Caldwell. Yeah, so I don't know. You know, when you do like the linear linear championships, Mike, you know what that's all about now. Mm-hmm. Um, if he was still holding that or not, but yeah, this was a, this was a huge win for him. And I think, you know, not to downplay it, it's probably you know I think the knockout being, you know, not just everything around it being like this is a big title fight, but I, I think. He can't. It's not all wins here, right? Like he did not perform particularly well. He he snapped the the fight from the jaws of, of defeat, and he got a fantastic knockout that people are talking about. You know, KO of the year, so that's giving a lot of eyes on it too. But I think at the end of the day, you know, Sergio has to know, like, you know, this was great for my career. This gives me a lot of uh, you know eyes on me, a lot of validity um, as you know the quality of fighter I am. But also at the same time, it's like I, you know, there's holes in my games. This dude took me down at will every round. And from what I heard, um, if you saw the, the fourth round, it, and I don't know if this is true or not, but it sounded like Horiguchi let him up in the fourth because people were booing. And like he subconsciously felt like he needed to do a more exciting fight. That's what I heard. And I didn't, I, I I didn't catch that part. So. Mike, you wanted to chime but, in? Uh, I don't. I mean, I wouldn't say. I, I wouldn't. I hope it's not that he let it, let it subconsciously get to him. But. Um, well, I, I want to let Mark finish his point. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. I mean, that that's it, all. That's just what I heard. But yeah, at the end of the day, it's just like, yeah, he, this is a good win for Sergio, but he, he needs he, he and I think he realizes like there's holes in my games like this dude dominated me. He took me down at will. And, and, and you know, that's not to say like Horiguchi is top level like this is 
that's kind of what we expected, right? I think we all picked Horiguchi, you know, because he is a top-level flight guy, and he's gotten better since he's been out of the UFC, you know, and, and you can point to, you know, lesser competition. But overall in this fight, you don't just want to just highlight the knockout. You really have to look at, like, there's holes, you know, and th these are things he needs to work on to to get to the level that he's now, you know, boosted himself up to. And I, I feel like he's a smart kid um, and very talented and still young that he can make these adjustments. But there, I'm sure in his camp, there's like, OK, this is a little bit of a wake up call. We kind of, you know, I mean, nothing's lucky. You know, he set up that spinning back fist with the with the big uh, missed high kick. So, you know, there's some validity to his technique and what he was able to Especially pull in off, that camp. It, they're not just throwing that shit willy-nilly. That's what they trained yeah. at that Rufus sport. Yeah, and, and when, when seeing the highlight, it, like, that kick did not look so much like he was trying to land it as much as he, like, wanted to get that leg over his head to set up a big spinning back fist, which is, like, a high-level striking technique. Um, and he's very skilled, but I just think at the end of the day, and I think he realizes and can't realize it, like, there's work to be done here. You know, we can't just rest on our laurels and just be like, oh, yeah, he got, the, he got knocked out of the year. It's knockout of the year because he was getting dominated, you know, so there's work to be done here, but huge win for him. You don't want to take anything away from him. You know, it, it takes a lot of mental strength to be in a fight like that where you're, you're, you're down every round. You know, this guy seems to have figured you out and, and you pull it out. But at the same time, you have to realize, like, yeah, there's certain aspects of this game. And I think especially the wrestling, he was able to get that single leg, uh, you know, shoulder tap takedown almost every round so like that's something like we need to work on we need to make sure this is not going to be exploited because whoever he's going to fight next is going to look at this tape and be like yeah these are weaknesses of this man i could take him down and control him and, and do some good work there so yeah but at the end of the day pettis pulled it off huge win huge knockout um you know and it's it's got a lot of eyes on him in bellator which you know doesn't happen too often so you know props all around either he meant to do that with that uh, high kick setup into a spinning back fist that, to my eyes, looked like it was almost an afterthought, that spinning back fist. Either he meant to do that, and Rufus Bork, um, bravo to you, or that shit was luck. I, I think he was. I think he meant to do it. I, I'm not showing like he had maybe, and I'm not even like he meant to, like, I'm going to do this next as much as like, He's drilled that shit so much that he's just like the natural instinct of I'm going to throw a high kick turning into a spinning back so fist. Here's, here's why I think I'm more in the camp. Maybe there was a wee, wee bit of luck involved in that this isn't Anthony Pettis where we're used to seeing some crazy shit being thrown. This is his little brother Sergio Pettis who has been a lot more conventional in his career and not really throwing wild shit like that. Ah, man, man, he was back in LFA and shit. Sergio threw stuff like this. In the UFC, not so much. Anthony even, not as much these days, it seems like. But regardless, huge win for the Phenom. Might as well just, you know, I'm going to keep calling him Young Surge because I like that. Um, people who call Horiguchi the Gooch makes me happy too. Just, I enjoy it all around. Horiguchi had to get stretchered out. That was That was rough to see. Someone we like so much. Um, big win though. Um, all right, we're picking by the way seven fights on this upcoming card, so this next part of the show is gonna be a little bit quicker. Um, the news, um, some of the news we got this week, folks. Let's just lead it off with Kevin Lee got released. Um, that was real fucking weird. Um, he's on like what a two fight. Losing Kevin Lee is far too good of a fighter. Something happened. He had the audacity to ask for money, possibly. Um. I'm going to guess that. Um, Bellator said they're not interested, which 
uh, did they not want him to come win their championships? Because he's what? What's what's key? What's Kevin Lee going to fight at? 70, 70 these days or 55? Who's their champion at 70? His last fight was at 170. Who is their champion at 170? Does anyone even know? That's why Kevin Lee should be in, the, be in Bellator. Right there. That statement. Right there. Who's their lightweight champion? It's, uh... Isn't it one of the pit bulls? Is it, is it AJ? I think so, no, it's, right? it's a lesser pit bull, right? I think. Yeah, I okay. What, what What are we doing? Overall, they, he's 18-7. and seven. Lost his last two. One of them was to the champion. Not even 30. And some, he there's fought some, for the title not that long ago. He oh, said he's wow, got some combat. Ago. He got some combat sports opportunities lined up. Um, sounds like some boxing with some trailer. He's going to trailer. He's going to trailer. He's yeah. going to do that triad. Dude, get paid. We saw Frank Tri- Mill get. I, I, I get such affliction vibes from trail from the triad thing just because I'm like, or maybe even Elite XC. We're like, all these MMA fighters are like, we know this isn't going to last, baby, but woo. We found the money marks that are going to give us cash to show up for this. Um, he's far too good to be out there. Something happened. Maybe we'll find out. Um, other big news. Um, sounds like we're going to get Darren Till versus Uriah Hall on the UFC's return to London um, in March. That's a real good fight. That's, That's a real. What is Uriah Hall lost recently? Did he lose to Sean Strickland? Oh, uh, he did. I thought he did. Was it Sean? Was it Sean Strickland? Is that no. why I'm wondering why we're not talking more about Uriah Hall? Mm-hmm. Can't remember. I thought he won his last fight. I it's too many fights, and we missed. And I would remember incorrectly because he uh, lost to Sean Strickland. Okay, at right. least I guessed yeah. it right there. Yeah, he was on a four-fight win streak before that. He beat Darren Till. You're back on track. You're right back on track. You're right. Hell, had a bit of a run going there too. Sure. Yeah. And um, I think people probably overvalue. I'm not that I'm going to definitely pick Uriah, but I think people are going to overvalue Darren Hill, Hill in that fight. And I'm not sure how, how sure how good Darren Hill's really looked at 185 pounds. Just Fair. my two, just my two cents. I it was really easy to look good when you're fucking 30 pounds heavier than everybody at 170, you know, and missing weight by eight pounds. Um, and finally, um, Tommy Fury. Fumbles the bag. He is not taking on Jake Paul. And instead, on a little more than, a little less than two weeks notice, I think, December 18th, um, mm-hmm. Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley too. And you got to ask yourself, man, how they, I mean, how are we going to promote this fight? The first one wasn't even that good. This is how you do it. Where you say Tyron Woodley's got a $500,000 knockout bonus written into the contract. Kid, this and, he, fuck, and he still won't pull the trigger. I mean, he pulled the trigger once in that fight, dropped the kid. Um, what do you say, Marcus? The kid got the, the guy got the tattoo. He got another big payday. Tyron Woodley's going to walk out of twenty twenty one with a pretty decent fucking you know W two when it's all said and done. <laughs> yeah, you know, regardless of you know how the fight turns out, it looks like you know he's going to make some 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 good you know scratch on these fights. And it didn't seem like this rematch was going to happen. It really didn't seem like um, Jake Paul was very motivated or interested in this rematch at all, even after the you know the whole tattoo fiasco. So I, I'm sure Tyrone is feeling very lucky and blessed, <laughs> as his nickname implied, that you know he's getting the second shot at it. And I, I would hope that he'd be a little bit more aggressive. I think he can have the confidence now, knowing that you know he went. Was it ten rounds? Did they go ten. I thought it was, was it eight? eight. I can't. Remember. I don't know. Is he eight. in shape? It was eight. Thanksgiving just. I know Tyron never was fat. He's a very in shape guy. But uh, I guess Thanksgiving they said just that happened. He, 
he was planning on having a boxing match with um, Dan Hardy. So potentially he was, you know, so I mean, I think that's a fair question is, you know, he was not in fight camp. He did not have a fight booked, especially within, you know, two weeks time. So I think conditioning is that's why they can't the fight, right? Because he thinks Woodley's not in shape. That's part of the logic here with Could this be. kid, right? I mean, yeah. I, he's very I don't tactful, know. tactical in what he's doing, this Paul kid, with what he's picking to do. He is. I'm sure he's very confident that, you know, he's in shape. He's he kind of he's he's got a good look at Tyrone. They they went a you know a lot of rounds there. And he, you know, he won those rounds, you know, except the ones where, you know, he got cracked hard. Um, he was in control of that fight. He controlled the pace. He sh- showed a lot of maturity as a boxer in that fight. Um, he also showed like, you know, he's not like the the monster that we could t- kind of point at and, and look at and be like, oh, look how he's killed everyone. No one can stand in the, the ring for two rounds with this guy without getting knocked out. We saw him have to put work in with against Woodley and, and not get those big heavy shots in and not really rock his opponent, but be tactical and, and win it, you know, off of endurance. I'm sure that's going to be the game plan again. I would imagine Woodley's game plan is very different. It probably is going to be a lot like when he fought uh, Lupe uh, that, that time where it's like, you know what? The cardio is not going to be there. I got heavy hands. I know I heard him before. There's a big cash bonus to potentially knock this kid out. So he might come out a little more aggressive and wild. He has um, nothing to lose. Yeah, I, I think like, like like Mike says, I think that scenario of him being very reserved like we saw in the first match could absolutely happen again. We've seen that Woodley more times than we've seen him kind of let his hands go. But I, I would hope that with everything on the line and without the training um, the condition that he has that he maybe has to lean on going a little crazy and which I think would ultimately, you know, if he goes hard, it's going to end up in a more entertaining fight regardless, whether he's going to either hit Jake Paul hard and knock him down or he's going to get winded and Jake Paul's going to be able to really, you know, r- run across him in those later rounds and maybe put a lot of damage on him and potentially get him out of there. And I think a finish is really at the end of the day is, is what I want to see. I don't want to see that first fight again because that was not entertaining to me well the kid you know, doesn't was... have any gas tank either remember like he was winning those last few rounds but it wasn't like he had a, i mean maybe he got he got hit too but i didn't see a lot from the kid's gas tank either to be honest like we didn't come out of that thinking that he was yeah, some world leader i want i want someone to oh i want but if someone's getting knocked out like... i think it's the kid that if they want to knock out it's probably more Potentially. likely the kid yeah i mean we'll see um but it's interesting you know i, I think i don't know what they could have done you know whatever opponent they could have thrown in there um I mean, much, I mean, if this is boxing, they would have just canceled the whole fucking thing. This is boxing. They don't. They, yeah. when someone you lose the main event, I think people get canceled. They put a lot of promotion but behind Fury. They did all the press conferences. It's really people didn't seem to give a shit though. Got, people didn't seem yeah, to give a shit about I mean, the Fury kid. The yeah. co-main event is decent for people. I know you're not a sports fan yeah, of these no guys, but, who that guy is. but uh, <laughs> Frank Gore, I think, is the third leading rusher in NFL history. My favorite 49er ever. Um, oh, okay, I've, I've heard. Taking on, taking on. That's who it was. Yeah, Frank Gore taking on uh, Darren Williams, o- owner of the Fortis MMA gym, um, former NBA point guard, way taller okay. than my guy Frank. But it's a freak show fight. We got a oh, we yeah. got a bona fide oh, yeah. freak show celebrity boxing fight. Okay, well, I mean, I can yeah. get on board with. That. I think I mean I not think that's what we're doing. Here. on board, but yeah, I was oh. gonna say I'm not sure these guys got my. You know what? I'll be watching. I'm just gonna say that. I'll be watching. Um. Of course, he'll be paying, is what he means to say. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going. I think I'm gonna have to convince Mark to go to the beat up dubs, man. We're gonna have to make a trip to the beat up dubs, get that desert heat wings, you know, mm. <laughs> get some fries. Let me tell you, how I get Mark to come is when I say wings are on me. 
That's that's the key right there. <laughs> well, B dub dub wings are low oh, tier true. wings, Bobby. Uh, that's true. I got, you know I got what? Wingstop next door now. I gotta be I gotta be bamboozled. Does Wingstop have a TV in there? <laughs> Come on. They don't. They don't got shit. They got enough room to to fit some people in waiting for their wings. No, okay. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna go to that uh, the round table pizza across the street. They got that clubhouse now with the bar. Okay. All now right. There we go. Mike, you want to fly over for this? Come on now. You take oh, basic. Yeah, that's <laughs> that sounds very enticing, but I will have to pass. Um. All right, guys. Um. Not in the mood to talk about whatever the John Jones bullshit this week, so we're just gonna move on to making picks. Um. I think it'd be fun to start to build our way up to the main event this week. Okay. okay. So okay. let's lead off. And right now, the standings, folks. And this might be the last card we pick, folks, because someone might just be so far ahead, there's no point. Um, but right now, Mike, why don't you read off the standings? Yeah, sure. Um, so with this possibly being our last uh, last set of picks for the year, you know, this could be another, set, another uh, year of heartbreak for your boy. Or, you know, another championship for one of these two fuckheads. So, let me read off the... You know, I only got one. Mark's got two already, okay? (laughs) Just saying. Mark's reigning defending. (laughs) I don't know what will be worse. If Mark gets three, you get two. Oh, no, that's worse. You know that's worse. Or or what's worse. Steph comes out of nowhere and sends me a text, like, January 1st. Oh, so you still don't have a championship, huh, Mike? (laughs) No, Mike, I'll just tell you right now, I'm going to be insufferable if you lose again and I'm the winner. I'm just I'm just lining up the jokes, okay? I'm going to make you call me Bobby two times, okay? That's, that's going to be it. So um, Bobby Bobby? Uh, Bobby Bobby. Um, so well, what are the standings, though? Sorry. Anyway, so we have Kid P bringing up the rear. He's not, he's not here. He's not... Hey, hey, <laughs> I'm making these standings. I make these predictions posts. He's still there. Okay. Mike, Mike doesn't want to be last. That's what I realize is Mike's biggest concern here. <laughs> okay, go ahead. For whatever the reason, Kid P is bringing up the rear at 45 and 34. It's almost as if he stopped picking fights. Uh, Mark is in second uh, with a record of 65 and 42. Just one game behind myself and Bob at 66 and 41. And with that in mind, we are picking seven of them things this this weekend. First of all, Mark's in third. We're tied for first. That means Mark. There's three, two people ahead of him. So wouldn't that mean if he's if we're tied for first, that means he's in sole possession of second? Well, there's like there's really no second. There's no second. Is one of you guys? He's third because there's uh, whatever. Mark, I don't think it's ever been this close, though. No, this, I don't. Like, not in the last. Though, normally, so it's like one person fight. at the end. Like, normally, it's yeah. like you know, like part of me, Mark, just wants to have Mike pick every fight first here, just to make him sweat. <laughs> no, nah, but nah, I won't nah. do that. You gotta mix I'll it rotate. Up. I mean, I'll I'm rotate picking it. last each one, of course. Um, I'm, I got, yo, I got, I got faith. Yeah, I'll, I'll do. Do that you want to pick first, everyone? You want to pick every fight first? Do you want to? There you go. I'll let you do if you want to. Yo, this is my year, dog. All right. I am going into this year. I am coming out of this year. Okay. Swag. My, Mike no, picks every care. fight first. I don't care if I run into a brick wall. <laughs> so you're asked to say the words. I want to pick first each of these fights. Yo, if you want to. You know how confident I am? I already got my picks in the guy. I like it. Thing. I so like you're it. So it doesn't matter. So you want to pick first. So that means you're picking first. He, he, it's, all, it's all in stone already. That's right. All right. These are all plumb Yeah, picks I, I haven't heard the words. I want to pick set. first. I want to pick first. Okay. Mike wants to pick first. All right. Do you hear the name like Voldemort? 
Exactly. All right, leading <laughs> off. Um, man, I, part of me thinks we should be picking the Sakai fight. But anyway, we're going to pick um, Dominic Cruz, Pedro Munoz. Dominic Cruz, I don't know. Is he the greatest Bantamweight champion ever still or not? Is it probably still him? I don't know. Whatever. Dominic Cruz bounced back from Keith Peterson's drunken ass, screwing him out of a championship to beat Casey Kenny by split decision back in March. Damn straight I didn't win. Damn Skippy, I didn't watch this fight. None of us did. So on a prelim, not one of us saw this fucking fight. We can all guess what a split decision Dominic Cruz win looks like. On the other end, Pedro Munoz. Pedro Munoz coming off of Jose Aldo. Uh, coming off the Jose Aldo, you know, comeback trial here. Um, the rankings of these fighters going into this fight. We got Dominic Cruz ranked at number 10 in the weight class. We got Pedro Munoz. Yeah, I really leaned into that one, Pedro. Um, coming in at number eight in the rankings. The betting odds for this one, Marcus. Do you have them in front of you? No, but I can pull them up and okay. I do though. Well, I'm, you uh, don't need to. Oh damn, son! All right, shit. I'm gonna go to Mark because you're. Well, you're going first. I don't need you to read the it's, odds first. It, it looks even across the board. Uh, minus one ten. So we really minus one ten across the board. Pick 'em fight, Mike. What do you got for this one? It's a pick 'em fight, and my plums pick the Dominic Cruz. You know, when your nuts are on the line and your first championship is ready to go, you got to go to someone who's had a championship pedigree in the past. All right. So you got to go. I really hope Mike has better shit talk than this if he wins the championship. I really hope it's put some thought into it, Mike. Um, all right. Um, I got uh, I got Dominic also. I'm I'm a I'm a big Dominic Cruz guy. I'm not confident, honestly, because like he didn't look great before Henry Henry Cejudo knocked him out. He fights so infrequently, but he doesn't really lose to a, to anybody bad. Not to say that Pedro Munoz is bad, but it really like. The guys Dominic loses to, you know, are pretty much Uriah, Uriah Faber, Cody Garbrandt when he was Cody got when he was you know still the man and you know Triple C out there. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna Dominic is gonna squeeze what's left out of that you know out of that juice box. Mark, what do you got? Yeah, it's tough. You know, we're gonna have to make some. I have to make some splits here to 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 gain some ground and potentially steal. Is this it, where you do it? No, it, it's <laughs> tough to pick against Dominic. I think stylistically, I mean, Pedro's kind of a heavy hit, hitter, <laughs> and, and Dominic has, you know, always been kind of the matador. He's always been a guy that's been able to use his footwork to to negate the power punches, you know, except in, in the Cody Garbrandt fight where Cody just looked like he was on a completely different level that we've never seen him fight up before. I don't think Pedro's there. Um, I think Dominic's going to be able to get a decision. Um, and yeah, I just don't feel confident enough to 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 make the separation there. So I got to go. With do, do you think Cody's coaches play the video of that fight for him sometime and say, Hey, wh what, what happened to that guy? Like you were in the matrix. You were just like, he was dodging yeah, shit. I, like he was dominant. I mean, I think the problem <laughs> is they do do that, Bobby. And like, I think he's, I think part of he Cody's have problem, which we're going to get into is that he, he's bought into the hype too much and hasn't been able to make those adjustments. Mm. He needed to, you know, he, when he fought Dominic, no one thought he was going to win. He did. He didn't he knock him out either. He just, you know, he didn't. He, didn't he, just, he just he scored. Did he landed. He touched him. Um, we're we're going to talk about Cody later, but yeah, yeah I think Dom's going to get it done here. You know, his last fight being a split decision um, does make me a little lenient on maybe Pedro can get it done, but I'm just not confident there, so I'm going to go with Dom. Next up, Josh Emmett of Team Alpha Males. Still, oh, okay. Josh Emmett coming off of beating Shane Burgos. On a three-fight win streak, um, stretching back to 2019 because he has not fought in a year and a half. 
Um, he was last supposed to fight um, somebody, and he tore his ACL. Okay, he tore he tore his ACL while winning that fight. Apparently, fucking impressive. Um, Dan Ige, am I saying his name right at this point? Is it Ige? Man, we've we've talked about this like I think the last five times he's fought, and each time, I don't know. Yep. Coming off of a loss to the zombie, Korean zombie himself, banger of a fight, five-rounder back in June of this year. Um, betting odds for this one, Marcus, what are they? Yeah, uh, Emmett's the favorite at minus uh, 160, and uh, Dan is the underdog at 140. I got Josh Emmett. I know Mike wants to pick first, but I got Josh Emmett. Mike, who oh, you got? I actually have Dan, Dan Ige on this. Yeah. Eat. Iggy, Iggy. Do you know? Do you know what my logic is here, buddy? Because I feel I picked against Josh Emmett every time, and he like wins these fights, man, and he just pulls them out of nowhere. And it's maybe because he's like I've convinced myself he's old, and I guess he's you know as old as us. But like motherfucker, like he's got a good record. He's what is he? He's eighteen or sixteen and two overall. That's it. He's got two losses. He's ranked. Um, is he still ranked pretty high, if I'm not mistaken? It's number seven? Is number seven Emmett versus number nine Iggy? This who is, card is who is he lost to? Um, he lost to ba, 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 I just had it in front of me. Um Jeremy Stevens knocked him out, and he lost a split to a gentleman named Desmond Green four years ago. So hmm. that, I think that Jeremy Stevens won, because that Jeremy Stevens loss came out right after he knocked out Ricardo Lamas and sh- shocked the world. Yeah. That loss to Jeremy kind of made people think, oh, maybe he has a flash in the pan. And uh, then he knocked out Michael Johnson. I think he was losing that fight after that. Josh's fights are entertaining. So I think it's going to be a, this is going to be a banger. It's good to put on free TV. You got Dan Ige, though? Yeah, I've got Ige in this one. Um, Marcus? Yeah, I got Josh, too. Um, he has fought some guys that are pretty good at boxing. Like, I think Dan kind of relies on uh, in his last fight with Shane Bargos. Uh, and I like the wrestling aspect. You know, if, if things aren't going his way, potentially he could change the landscape of the fight, you know, by shooting a double and, and taking the fight to the ground. So I like those variables. And I'm, I'm I'm very glad Mike picked Dan. So that makes it easy for me. Thank you, Mike. But I'm yeah. sorry, Mark. You're picking Emmett as well, you said? I am. I am. All right. Yeah. Um, Josh, a big wrestler um, back at the NAIA level. Um, team Alpha Male recruiting. I think everybody's ever been a Team Alpha Male knows how to wrestle except for um what's his name um the guy with a good nickname touchy feely um all these other guys seem to have a bit of a box a bit of a wrestling base even cody's not bad on the ground um all right on to the main card this is what we're all picking the same thing sean o'malley said he's not taking if you want sean o'malley to fight top five fighters you got to pay sean o'malley like he's fighting top five fighters so sean o'malley at this point is just fighting dudes um but sean o'malley sells tickets like a motherfucker um, and he's taken on Raleon Paiva. Um, Raleon's on a three-fight UN streak in the UFC. This man has six, five UFC fights, and none of us can pick him out of a fucking lineup. Um, Sean O'Malley, on the other hand, is coming off of that fight against uh, Chris Mutunio, where Mutunio took more damage than any human being should take in a fight. Um, so much so that Mutunio was on national talk shows because of uh, how tough he fucking looked. Um, O'Malley, I believe, has got a ranking still. Um, 
Or does he? This is he's one thirty five, right? But right, guys. Yeah, uh, he's not yeah. ranked. Not ranked still. Okay. Um, betting odds for this one, Marcus. Uh, yeah, Sean's a, a heavy favorite at uh, minus three hundred five to uh, his opponent's plus two forty. Honestly, closer than I thought. Honestly, closer than I thought. Part of me wonders if the UFC is going to give him some sort of a, a, a ringer or something, Marcus. You know, to like. To fuck with his stance of I want to get paid, you know, just to fuck with him. But uh, I'm taking, I'm taking, you know, Sugar Sean here. Mike? Yeah, I actually did some research uh, for some of these fighters before uh, before this, uh, before picking today uh, over the weekend. And I watched the two of Paiva's previous fights and he got some pretty good all-around skills, but I mean, he's still... Not as fast. How or big as is talented he? as O'Malley? Is he is he big or not? I mean, I mean, he's not not as tall as fucking O'Malley is. So. Yeah. If I'm um, the kid, I, I kick the kid. I kick. If I'm fighting Sean O'Malley, I go for the ankles. I'm going yeah. low. I'm going low leg kicks. That's all I'm throwing against him. Hands but up, low leg kicks. <laughs> I still don't think that's going to be enough. I think O'Malley kills this guy. Marcus. Uh, yeah, I have a uh, Sean O'Malley as well. Um, impressive record on the other side, you know, uh, 23, I'm sorry, 21 and three is fairly impressive. But yeah, I, Sean O'Malley is shown to be somewhat of a special talent. Um, so unless the wheels fall off here, I, I think he should get the win. Um, this next this this card is awesome, guys. Seriously, like we got a sacrificial lamb fight in the co-main event, if you ask me, though, you know, Juliana Pena would disagree. But this right here, we're finally getting Cody Garbrandt's debut at 125 pound, Marcus. Um, there was a point where he w- we were setting. He was talking about going down and fighting. Uh, it was gonna fight. He was gonna fight. Um, Figueredo, right? Wasn't it? Was he was gonna fight Figueredo, and then Moreno stepped in. That's how Moreno fought him the first time. I think. Am I imagining that? Maybe I'm. I thought there was something. Cody Garbrandt, the former 135 pound champion of the U- of the UFC. Um, he was gonna. I'm correct. He was gonna fight Figueredo. Then he got COVID. Um, and then he got Garbrandt. COVID and he, it fucked him up, fucked him up, uh, impressively, um, was gone for a while, um, came back, fought Rob Font, lost the decision, a five rounder was a big fight for Rob Font. Um, on the other end of it, we got Kai Kara France, um, who trains, uh, with Izzy and o- Alex Volkanovsky and, uh. Dan Hooker over at the City Kickboxing Gym, which is relocating to the United States. May I suggest Walnut Creek, California. Um, Kaikara Fronts coming off a win over Rogerio Bontorin, um, bouncing back from a loss to Brandon Royval. Um, bit of an up and down UFC career. Um, and uh, betting odds for this one, Marcus. Yeah, uh, Cody's the favorite at uh, minus 155, and Kai is the underdog at plus 135. And 125 pounds. Uh, Cody's still ranked number seven at bantamweight, and Kai is ranked number six at flyweight. Marcus, since you wanted to talk about the man anyway, why don't you go ahead and kick this off with Cody and Kai? <laughs> Didn't really want. <laughs> I wasn't like pushing for it. We were just <laughs> mentioning him before. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I'm probably going to be the outlier here. Um, I'm going to pick Kai. Like I said, I need to take some gambles here. I need to make up some ground. Um, what I like seeing here is that even though it has been a little rocky in his last four, and his last loss, I don't even know who the guy is, but, you know, Brandon uh, Moreno, who's now the champion, I can let that slide. 
Uh, I have a little bit more confidence now that you mentioned he's uh, he's with um, that team. Was it City Wait, Kickboxing? He, he beat Moreno? Or Moreno no, beat he him? Lost. He lost. He lost to Moreno. Oh, yeah. Okay. But that's what I'm saying. I'm giving him a little bit of a pass. Survive survived three rounds with him, too. Yeah, we, we've seen you know how that went. Um, coming off performance of the night and a KO in his last fight. And I, I can draw some confidence. You know, maybe the weight cut's going to be tough. You know, going from 35 to 25 is significant. You know, we're talking about more body mass. And, you know, while I don't think Cody was like super cut at 35, it's just it's 10 pounds you, is a lot. Do you know where this came from, Marcus? Is because mm -hmm. people started talking about this when him and DJ, when him and Demetrius Johnson were on the same fight card. And they both said they had came into like fight week at like 141 pounds, 142 pounds or something like that. Okay. So I think people got the idea that he could he could do it. And he did it. Didn't, no, he didn't do it. He's He was trying to do it before he got COVID. Mike, who's your pick for this one? Yeah, I, I'm going to pick Cody on this one. I think this hinges on how his weight cut goes. If he's super depleted, he's going to be fucked. But if he can handle the, the, the weight cut well, I think that he has good enough wrestling uh, to stop Cara France's uh, takedowns. And obviously, he still has his power. Uh I remember a comment that Cody made maybe a year or two years ago where, you know, he says he walks around around 135 pounds. So that means he should in conceivably be able to make 125 without it being a super draining affair. So I think this is one of those times where I don't think that the new weight class, you know, losing the 10 extra pounds it's going to affect them very adversely. I've been going back and forth on this all day, all week, honestly, thinking about this fight because he's lost four or five, Cody. Um, he's lost four or five, but those four or five is stretched all the way back to 2017. And then in the middle of this thing, we're not even talking that much about fucking long haul COVID symptoms. I does I mean not that I'm trying to look for help. Do you guys remember the fight with uh with Rob? I think we just came out of it thinking his he was he didn't look gassed. He just wasn't as good. That's what I came out of that one thinking. Um I've been waiting for Kai Kara France to pop for a while, and it hasn't happened. And despite Cody being not looking good, and I'm not gonna be surprised, Mike, as you said, if he goes on that scale and looks like fucking dog shit. You and me are fucked because I'm taking Cody Garbrandt. I was a big Cody guy early on. I remember being the only person in this podcast who picked him over Thomas Almeida. And this was a, that was a real contentious thing. People, you know, I think he was like a slight underdog. That was a big deal. Those are the two young guns. And he clowned Almeida. And then he, he did what nobody else could to Dominic Cruz at the time. And I'm not confident that he did this 125 thing. You know, like we talked about when Jose went down, this looked like a dying, like, like a glass grass pipe thing. Cody's real young, but if this doesn't, I mean, let's say if he loses this fight and like he looks bad, I don't know how long he's going to be here. I'm slowly talking myself out of this, but I'm still taking Cody Garbrandt to win. That's who I got. Um, Jeff Neal, Santiago Ponsonibio, possibly the best fight on paper outside of the main event. I think, um, Jeff Neal and Santiago, Santiago Ponzinibbio, two of the younger studs here at 170 pounds. Jeff Neal, though, has got to he's got to right the ship, guys. Two straight losses. Neil Magny and Stephen Thompson is you know 
Fucking nothing to sneeze at there, but, you know, before that, he had rung off seven straight. Um, Ponzinibbio was gone for two, two years, um, only to come back and have Li Jing Lang ruin his return back in a four-minute knockout in Abu Dhabi. Bounce back with the win over Miguel Beza, which if you didn't see that fight, people need to go back and watch it, was one of the best fights of the year. Um, right now in the rankings, Ponzinibbio is ranked at 14. Jeff Neal ranked at 12. Um, betting odds for this one, Marcus. It's split at minus 110 for each, so it's a pick em. I got Ponzinibbio. I... I'm good. I'm more so trying to convince myself that that was not that Li Jing Lang isn't a good fighter. He's fucking tough as nails. Um, but Santiago was on a run. Do you guys remember? Like they went to Argentina just for him. That was a whole thing. Like they went to a, they flew to a whole country, whole ass new country just for this guy. <coughs> Apologies um, to have an opportunity. That's because he'd strung off um, seven straight wins there before that loss. Um, I think he tore his ACL. I mean, this leg it's a it's a ligament injury when you're gone two like two years. I'm gonna think he got I'm gonna think he's he's back on track here. Hopefully, because I'm a big fan. Um and Jeff's a good fighter, but I think the betting line is very accurate, Marcus. Who um what is your pick for this one? No, go to Mike. You want Mike? <laughs> Mike <laughs> Mike, you asked for it, buddy. I let I out did. there, I let out there, put the nuts out there too. I did. That was just so funny. <laughs> Mark is ready to pick whatever. Mark, Mark is begging you to pick Santiago here, Mike. Come on. Join uh, Team is, Santiago. <laughs> this is an extremely, extremely close close fight. Uh, I think Jeff Neal has the ability to knock him out with just one punch. But Scares me, yes. <laughs> I'm going to go with Santiago on this one. I think that his durability and cardio are going to carry the day. I think he should be able to avoid the, the big shot um, early on. And if he's able to do that, then he should be able to get to a decision. Um, Mark, you're taking Jeff Neal? Yeah, I am. And that's kind of what I was leaning at before. I mean, I think it's a little bit of a risk. I think normally I would probably be with you guys and go with Santiago because um, he has impressed me in the past. This show is Jeff Neal. You know, he, he's shown that he's very capable he, and he's won some tough fights. He, he's coming off a two fight losing streak. You know, my headspace picking him is. He, like you said, Bobby, he knows he needs a correct ship. He knows he needs a good performance here. Um, he's going to fight another guy who's going to stand in front of him, which I, I think he tends to to do fairly well when he's fighting a real like kickboxer fighter, not someone that's difficult like um, Thompson or who has you know skill sets everywhere like uh, Neil Magny. Um, so yeah, you know, it, like I said before, you know, you you have to pick some some kind of outliers there and hope you you get lucky on a few times here. So. Uh, Kaya and Jeff Neal are kind of my. I mean, I don't think this is an outlier. The man's a fucking. I mean, Kai is barely an underdog, and this guy's a pickup fight, right? Fight. I mean, these yeah. fights are close. It is, but like, like you guys, like I would probably, you know, in a different circumstance, I would probably pick Santiago. I'd be more comfortable with Santiago. Um, he has more fights. He's had more wins. Um, the losses are the same. So there's a lot of you know do, MMA math. Do you know what I don't like? Be more but comfortable with. I've noticed over the years that when me and Mike end up on the sidebars of ourselves, it does not go well. <laughs> Traditionally, it does not go well. I, and I'm, I'm having I'm having a very sinking feeling that Mark is going to come out of this weekend. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> Winning it's by risky. like three these, fights. These are risky ones. The ones I'm picking, I'm not. I probably 
in different circumstances, I'd go with Cody and I'd go with Santiago. And honestly, but, you know, Cody's the one I'm terrible. Cody, I'm like thinking like, is it too late for me to change? We're still on the pot. Like Cody's the one that I'm like, I don't know, man. It's a whole new weight class, Mike. His, his one victory in his last five fights was that like flash knockout. Yeah, where, I know it was not going well. It was very close to him getting knocked out. <laughs> you himself. know what it is though, man? I just I picked Kai Car to win some fights and he just doesn't. Um, mm -hmm. Right now, Mike, just before we go on, how many on this card are you and me disagreeing on? You and me? Yeah. Uh, one. It? Josh Emmett versus Dan Ike. That's, That's it. it? Yep. Okay. So... Okay, that might well, be the deciding yeah, factor. That's what I'm realizing here, buddy. Intriguing, though, but well, I'm saying next week might actually come into play if it comes out of this stuff. We'll see. <laughs> Mark is all over the place here. Um, all right, co-main event. This one's not gonna be the one where you differ. Nope. Um, then again, man, the year Stefan beat you <laughs> it was because of Amanda Nunes knocking out Cyborg. God damn, um, they do the things. reigning, defending. This is 135, right? Yeah. Yeah. Reigning, defending, UFC bantamweight champion of the world, the GOAT, the Lioness, Amanda Nunes. She just <laughs> ran through Cyborg. <laughs> Mike's having non-flashbacks basically here. Taking on possibly the most unlikable fighter in the women's 135-pound weight class, <laughs> Juliana Pena. <laughs> I swear to God, man, she's like, she could have this whole rallying thing. My dog's making noise, guys. Sorry. Um, This whole rallying thing where like, hey, man, I can do it. Everybody's got a chance. Everybody wants to get her ass whooped. You, you know what's the funny thing? Normally, fighters that we think are very unlikable, it's pretty much been for like either Political? they have whooped up on their wives, they've hit pregnant women with their cars, or they have abhorrent political takes. Mm. It feels like Juliana Pena, she she hasn't been hitting a whole bunch of home runs, but she's been hitting a whole lot of doubles to get us to like fuck this girl. She just seems like an asshole. This <laughs> is not that complicated. Some people seem like assholes. It, it's like, like it's, just, asshole. it's just generally everything she says is just like uh, it's not it's not. She's very like, nice. Amanda's scared of me. I'm like, you're on a one fight, a whole ass one fight win streak. She's on a one-fight win streak. I'm not making that up. One fight. All right? One fight. Okay? We really no need to go into uh, analysis on this fight. Can we just say Amanda's better than her everywhere? I mean, if Juliana wins, I don't care how it happens. She got lucky. I don't give a fuck how it happens. I've seen her fight 10 fucking times. She's not that. She's not good enough to just skill-wise. It's. I'm going to blame. I'm going to say pure luck. This is going to be, Mark, what's the betting line? Oof, it's like minus 600 or something. Yeah, it was. Um, eight? Let me pull up here. I just had it. It, it was, was eight like, at I one think point was, this weekend. No, I think it was minus. You know, it's a. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, either minus eight or minus 900 to plus 600 plus 550. Look, if I'm a member of Juliana Pena's family and I think the world of my friend or cousin or whatever, this is the weekend to get rich. But uh, if you think it's going to happen, but I. Whew, this is like a. Low risk fucking uh, CD you can put money in this week, Mike. <laughs> like a twelve percent interest rate, <laughs> Amanda Nunes. Isn't that what eight minus eight hundred is? Roughly like a twelve percent interest rate, I think. Um, Wait, you mean if I put a hundred bucks on Amanda Nunes, I'll get twelve bucks back? You got twelve dollars fifty cents back, I think. Ooh, that's not. I bad. I, did, I did the math right. It's a twelve and a half percent CD. It's one night CD. <laughs> That's not bad. You know, put like a million dollars on Amanda Nunes. 
you know, you got a nice little little profit back. Nobody who has a million dollars thinks like this, Mike. Um, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Um, yeah, no one thinks that Juliana has a chance here, right? Do people think it's going to decision even? Does anybody think this is going to decision? Because Amanda goes to decision sometimes. I could see that. I, I'm I'm going to say this. Like, I I guess I don't watch enough or listen to Julia's interviews enough to to know the stuff she says to be upset about her. Because I've always kind of liked her. She, I always thought she's We're been not upset. She just a very... Like <laughs> I think she's a very tough fighter. Um, she does not get stopped off. And I was actually looking at the record. I was like, this doesn't even make sense. Her one <laughs> TKO stoppage. You know who stopped her? Sarah Morose. How did that happen? Really? Cheesecake <laughs> yeah. knocked her. Cheesecake put cheesecake, her down. <laughs> cheesecake got a TKO doctor stoppage. She did correct that um, in the ultimate fighter in the semifinals. She beat Sarah. Um, and then I think she went on to, to win that season of the ultimate fighter. And, and honestly, like, like I, I guess her personality is grating, you know, she maybe like, yeah, you know, talking shit to Amanda Nunes where you just won one fight. Um, but I think she's she tough. got COVID she's and she talked shit to her for being scared because she got COVID. Yeah. See, <laughs> what see the fuck? not listening to that stuff makes it easier to just like her as a fighter. Um, so I, I, what I will say is that, you know, I think she's tough. She's durable. I think her only way to win this fight is to ground Amanda Nunes and, you know, and that's going to be tough to do. No one else has really been able to do that. Um, so I'm definitely, yeah, not picking her. Um, and I don't think she's going to pull off a huge upset, but I think, I think it could be a fun fight. I think this, this is actually a fight that I was interested in. Um, I think stylistically they match up pretty well to have a, you know, an interesting collision here. Um, and I'm excited for the fight, you know, and I get like, it's not super deserved. She shouldn't be talking the amount of shit because Amanda is the goat. She has proven that by defending and having two belts in the same. I mean, yeah, I've, I've seen the praises of Amanda Nunes. I think she's going to get it done here, but I don't hate this fight. You know, for all the fights Amanda's had, especially at 145, where the opposition I felt has been very lackluster. When you talk about, uh, Felicia Spencer, um, and even Megan Anderson, I'm more excited for this fight than I was for those. So I'm looking for a fun scrap. I think this will, this maybe I'm back and forth might be a little bit much, but I think Pena is going mean, to be. She hasn't defended this belt in two years. Yeah, and I think that's I mean, as we're mentioning, she hasn't defended this belt in two years. She waited two years, and this is the best contender they could come up with. Yeah, I mean, 35 <laughs> isn't kind of weird, but I think I think that that's her best weight class. I think she, you know, that is her natural weight class. I think she's going to perform well here, and I mean, I'm personally excited for the fight. I don't think she's Penny's going to win, but I'm not like super down on her, and it's probably because I don't listen to this. Yeah, stuff no, I mean, look, it makes it easier. I'm not even saying that like so. There's another contender that's more deserving. There isn't one. There is not a more deserving contender. She waited two years to defend this belt for this division to give us one, and this is what they gave us. So and yeah. I also think I think Juliana waited like a whole year for this title shot as well and no other 135 women came came up either yeah what, this was supposed to happen like what three months ago and uh juliana hasn't fought since the beginning of the year so i don't know maybe she, maybe this is the time hey mike do you think that uh, amanda's gonna be on ellen do you do you think no. this is the, this is this is the week i'm gonna get that no this is By the Ellen's, way, this is Ellen's final season. They're not burning an episode on Amanda Nunes. I just want to say this right now, folks. A preview for next week. If Amanda wins, I will be bringing up. Hey, if you're talking about Max Holloway, Alex Volkanovsky three, that means you got to give me Amanda Nunes versus Valentina Shevchenko three. Just spoiler sure. alert. That's what's coming next week. If Amanda wins, just putting that. I mean, if I'll just pencil that shit into the fucking A block. All right, Amanda, clean sweep here. We're all picking her. Um, and here it is, folks. Charles Oliveira, Doe Bronx. A man on, on a 
nine fight winning streak. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine fight winning streak. Taking on Dustin the Diamond Poirier. Man on a three fight winning streak. Won seven of eight overall in the middle. Khabib got Khabib got Khabib him. This is what happened. Coming off of the two biggest paychecks of his fucking career. Does Dustin even need to do this anymore? Does he? Huh? Does he need to do this? Um, Dustin's it might be better for Dustin's career to lose this. Then he'll fight Conor McGregor again. That's what will happen. Um, right now, um, the rankings. Well, by the way, Juliana was ranked uh fucking three. Anyway, um, Right now, the rankings. Obviously, we got the champion, Mr. Oliveira himself, Dobronx, and the number one contender. It's almost like this makes sense. The number one contender, Dustin Poirier, with Justin Gaethje waiting in the ring, the number waiting in the wings, number two contender. All of a sudden, this weight class makes sense, guys. Just putting that out there. All of a sudden, um, betting odds for this one, Marcus. Sorry, I just have to unlock my phone. Tap, 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 tap. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Charles is the uh, underdog here at plus 140, and Dustin is the favorite at minus 160, so pretty close. Mike? Yeah, I'm going to be going with Oliveira Fuck. on this one. Jesus. Come on, man. What, man? <laughs> We're really going to have this come down to Ike and Hooker if it's me and you? Okay. Or hey, Ike and uh, Yo, man, the Josh do the do, baby. I, th I think this one could go either way, though. Um, <sighs> but in my opinion... Looking at the competition they fought in, um, Oliveira has crushed everyone that's been put in front of him over the last nine fights. Um, Poirier, look, man, getting getting Conor McGregor three, four years ago would have been a huge, uh, you know, feather in your cap. I'm not as impressed by that anymore. Um, and also, more importantly, with Oliveira. Earlier in his career, he showed a penchant for not as, you know, being a little mentally fragile. Um, whereas in his fight against Chandler, you know, he got he got rocked pretty badly in that first round. And he was able to come back from that and, and, and win the fight. Um, additionally, you know, while Poirier isn't bad, um, he isn't a bad wrestler by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, I think that what Oliver can do. I don't want to be Oliver's guard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's, he, Mike, he's you're giving Mike the reasoning here. Yeah, <laughs> he's dangerous on his back. He's dangerous in 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 mount. Um, I don't think that Poirier stands a chance of getting Khabib in this fight, but. Maybe you could see something similar if it gets to the ground, um, because Oliveira is just on that much of a different level when it comes to his Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, um, so I, I think this fight will end in a submission. So you got Oliveira. Not only that, you're claiming submission for him. Um, before we go on, Mark, I think you're being a little dismissive of the wins over Connor, just because when they fought the first time, remember we all thought Wisen is just for the belt because Khabib had just retired. We're like, these guys are both at the top. We should do it. I mean, all that Connor's done is lost to this guy. In fairness, recently, I think I think that was a big win for him. I think beating Conor McGregor was a really I, big deal. Still, I I, rem think, I I remember that discussion being a bit differently. In that Poirier was at the top, we thought, why not just make this for the belt? Because fuck it, Conor's in the fight. I think it was more that. I mean, okay. I mean, I'm not gonna. I mean, it doesn't matter. He's not in this fight. Someone should take Conor's phone away from him during this card, please. By the way, um, Marcus, 
what do you think? Are you going to, is this, I mean, are you going with uh, Chucky Olives, as Brenda Folks calls him? Or are you taking uh, Mr. Poirier here, who I have to buy his hot sauce. What do you got here? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm actually picking Dustin. And, you know, I, I think this is going to be a really competitive fight and a really close fight. And I'm not super concerned about, you know, either way here. I think Dustin has shown a, an ability to really control the standup at a much higher level than even Charles has. You know, I think Charles has really shown that he really gets the fundamentals. He's really sharp. He's quick on his feet. Absolutely deadly on the ground. I think that is where he's going to have his best success. But I think for Dustin, the game plan is going to be pretty easy. He's going to want to stand with them. I think he's going to feel he's going to be the stronger fighter. He's going to have sharpened a little more tools there. Um, especially, I think, fighting Connor back to back. And we can, you know, say what we want about, you know, where Connor's at. But I think the first fight, we didn't really know, you know, how Connor was going to fight back at 155, which is his strongest weight class, I feel. Uh, and the second fight, you know, We've seen Connor in rematches improve greatly. You look at the Nate Diaz fight. He looked, you know, he really made a lot of corrections there. Um, he wasn't able to. So I, I'm picking Dustin and I, I feel fairly confident. I think this is going to be a fantastic fight. I think this is marvelous. You know, one, 155 is probably, I would say, not just like the most talent rich division, but just like the most entertaining division. Like the guys at the top are just oh, all yeah. killers. And you look at what both guys have done and not just like the wins they racked up, but Every fight is performance of the night or fight of the night. Um, you know, Oliveira has, you know, the most submissions, I think, in the UFC right now. Maybe it's one of the things it says on Wikipedia. Um, I'm not super concerned there. You know, Dustin has gotten caught, but it's been very few and far between. You know, he got finished by Habib and he got finished by um, Korean Zombie way back in the day. Um, but yeah, I'm picking Dustin. I feel like he has to have a lot of confidence going in this fight. You know, he has fought Conor McGregor on a huge stage with huge pay with huge ramifications for losing those fights and he came out on top i think confidence is very high and i think charles is right there too he just snatched the belt away from michael chandler who had him hurt early on but yeah i'm picking dustin and i feel fairly confident and i'm not super concerned about this one um and again you guys You're picking the, charles just means you know this gives me a little breathing room well that, i gotta think um, marcus am i picking charles am i picking charles because mike just made it very complicated I no, mean, are you that confident, man? Because I think this is gonna be this is a pick 'em. I know the odds are pretty much same. No, I mean I, I think I think it is, but like there's the other fights I picked against like K. You're less and confident, Jeff Neal. I, I'm not confident. I'm not. I don't feel those are not the picks I would normally make. Those are picks I'm making out of desperation to make up some ground. Um, I feel regardless, I might have picked Dustin in this fight because I feel and, and it, it, it. I agree with you. It is a very tough fight, but I feel like some of the places where Charles is really strong. Um, Dustin's not going to, I don't, I don't think this is going to be on the ground too much. I think this is going to be a stand-up fight and I think Dustin's going to assert himself fairly well there. I, I just have a hard time seeing Charles getting the fight to the ground unless he does catch him with something. So I'm really basing a lot of my pick on Dustin really correcting a lot of issues in the stand-up. And I have that confidence because he fought guys like Eddie Alvarez, Justin Gaethje, Max Holloway, Conor McGregor. These guys are killers on the stand-up. Like, if you can hang with these guys and beat them in the stand-up, I have a hard time thinking Charles is going to be able to get the best of him. And I have a hard time seeing Charles, like, shooting singles or doubles or working in the clinch. And, you know, outside of maybe some tight knees in the clinch, like, I don't think he's going to be particularly strong in those areas. So I think Dustin, you know, has has some advantages here that I'm fairly confident in. Uh, but I, more more so than anything else, I'm just really excited for this fight. This is going to be a really good fight in a division full of killers that has done nothing but produce awesome fights throughout this year. 
even looking at both these guys, last couple of fights, Dustin's fights with Connor were super entertaining. Charles fights with uh, Michael Chandler, entertaining. Gaethje and Chandler, like this is a, just a division that when we get to these top guys, it's not only that there's rankings involved and standings and there's high stakes in that regard, but just they fucking deliver. So more so than right or wrong in this fight, I'm just excited to see a good fight. Um, part of me, I'll be honest. I'm, 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 I went into this. I've been thinking about this fight since they got announced. Cause I'm so excited for this mark. Like, and, and Mike, sorry. Mike, just, 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 just very, very quickly. Um, did you need to pick up your dog for the, the mental fortitude of uh, the pick you're about to make? Like, no, my dog kept trying to climb on top of me and I'm just trying to get to, to cut out the fucking get to the point where she gets bored and runs away. Um, I've been stoked for this fight for a while. I like that. I mean, the UFC is not really promoting fighters anymore, just fights. Um, the recent revenue showing they're making all their money off of ESPN Plus anyway. They don't give a fuck about pay-per-views. <laughs> it doesn't matter who's signed or who's not signed. That's how Kevin Lee gets cut. Um, so um, they're such nice guys. You think highly of both of them. They're all just they're running different charities. Charles Oliveira's got like a reading program. Dustin's got his uh, the Good Fight Foundation. Dustin's, uh, you know, I'm pi- I'm picking Charles Oliveira, but I'm sitting here wondering, for my own entertainment that evening, if like Josh Emmett loses to Dan Ige, all right, early on, and everything's going fucking swimmingly the rest of the night, how much am I really gonna enjoy knowing Mike has won at that point? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You, you say that as if like Mark hasn't picked. No, no. I mean, if I mean, if everything, so I mean, if I mean, if everything has gone swimmingly up until that, if I've got everything right up until that point, besides that fight, you know what I'm saying? Uh, At that point, we, I would. I, if if Mike's only up one, we're going to make some picks next week. That's true. It's whoa, not. It's whoa, not done. whoa, 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 whoa! What type of bullshit is this? What do you mean? If you're up we by three decide. next week, if, 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 if you lose, we need to decide right now if we're picking next week we, we're picking next we, week we, we ain't about to have some i vote we pick next week yeah. where it's like oh bikes up okay no, okay fuck it. let's, let's vote fights next week. let's vote no, are no, we picking yeah. next week i vote yes i, I vote I, yes i, I say oh we there pick we go no problem in, okay. unless the scenario is mike or bobby has won unless someone has so much that it makes it irrelevant yeah unless you got like and then a, we can still do it because maybe i can beat mike and then he becomes you know yeah that would be honestly if it's like we should we gotta because he's gonna count steps. no we gotta pick either way because even if it's like that and me and mike are separated by one you'd be you you'd have to be so far up mike mark that it wouldn't matter that'd be the only that way we don't pick next week fantastic yeah exactly um we need a belt or something jesus we come back next week and i've just stolen this from both you know i might have to i might have to go into the it's i'm amazing uh into the it's it's i'm amazing uh coffers and get a get 20 bucks and buy a cheap ass belt for us to have for the winner of this thing you guys don't want to see a grown man cry man like (laughs) i need a witness um i got charles Oliveira, man he's on a nine fight win streak mark said this is the most entertaining weight class i mean you guys have heard me say it doesn't matter Give me the any top to any top ten lightweight. Pick two mm-hmm. of them. Put them in the cage. I still feel that way. This the best. This sport is at its best, hundred seventy pounds and below. And it's just no shame to the guys at middleweight. There's a lot of great middleweights. There's a lot of great light heavyweights. There are a few great heavyweights. But you know, like if I was six foot five, two hundred and twenty pounds, and a good athlete, I wouldn't do this shit. You know, like. <laughs> Do you know how much they pay you to play baseball? <laughs> you know how much they pay you to play football or fucking anything else, even hockey? Come on, man. Get on some skates and be a fucking, you know, what, what's it called? The enforcer in hockey. Pays better than Ooh. this. 
be a goon. Good movie. You should see goon. Um, I'm I I'm not that confident. Everything Mark says is right. I think Dustin's more polished standing. That being said, Mark pointed out that you know this guy knocked the guy beat Eddie Alvarez and stuff like that. You know what? Michael Chandler beat Eddie Alvarez too, and he got his ass. You know, got his got his consciousness separated by Charles Oliveira too. So Charles is finding a way. Simple as that. Charles Oliveira is champions find a way, and Charles Oliveira is finding a way to win. So is Dustin. I think so highly about these fighters, and I really love where this weight class is at. And I'm gonna go Oliveira. Do you guys both think we're going home early? Is what I'm hearing. It sounds like. Do you think we're getting out of this before five rounds? Maybe, the, before our decision, they're yeah. both finishers, so I think that's highly probable. But you know, if it goes five, I think it'll be an entertaining five for sure. Yeah, because Dustin in his he Dustin's record right now, D- Dustin's record overall is twenty eight and six, and he's got a seventy five percent finish rate. Oliveira is Oliveira is so young to have this many fights. Thirty two year old Oliveira has got thirty one wins, um, and he's got twenty eight finishes in his thirty one wins. So, um, granted, one of those decisions, decision victories are over Tony Ferguson, which is fairly recent, and then Jeremy Stevens eight, seven fucking years ago, and then he got some decision win when he was like twelve in uh, in Brazil in two thousand nine. Um, I love this card, guys. I'm very excited. This is I say this with every pay per view, and then I complain about everything in between because there's such a drop off in quality. Um, but yeah, um, that's, those are our picks for this one, man. Um, it's going to be a banger. This is one, this one's worth your, it's 70 bucks now, 70 bucks. Um, that is like I boxing, guess. that is like boxing pay-per-view prices. Yeah, but it's got more better fights than the boxing pay-per-views. That's true. Why was John, why was Javante Davis fighting on a Sunday night? I mean, what the fuck was going on last night with that? And seriously, no, do you have any idea? I have no idea. Anyway, um, let's do uh, let's do stuff we like. As I go on Twitter and make sure nobody randomly missed weight in the last hour, or got or like I don't know, got a cut in the last hour or something. Um, looks like it. Um, stuff we like. Um, I'll go. Um, I watched. What's the name of the fucking movie, Mike? Cut me out. The Rock. Uh, Red Notice. Red Notice. Red Notice. Mike and I disagree on this. Because yeah. I was talking to him about it. You really liked it. I didn't think it was bad. I just thought, I mean, spoiler alert, There's, the, the, I thought the ending, I'm not going to say spoiler, I'm just going to say, I thought the ending was unnecessary for the kind of flick it was, and I don't think it matched the rest of the movie. But 95% of this movie is what you think it is, a bunch of jokes and shit blowing up. You know what we're getting into. I knew what we were getting into. There's going to be dumb, mindless fun. Everybody does their role fine. I just, I nothing about it made me like, I'm going to go watch this one again. You know, it was it was fine. I thought the ending was stupid, basically. Um, and I watched, I'm not sure if I finished the third episode, but I definitely watched the first two and a half episodes of Hawkeye. Um, have we talked about Hawkeye yet on the show? We usually talked a little bit, right, Mike? A little I bit last week. I think I talked about it a little last week, but not nothing too su- substantive. I'm kind of waiting for uh, Kate Bishop to be more like to be likable on any level for me, because I don't really give it. A, you haven't liked their character yet. I just, yeah, I just don't give a shit weird, about her. But... I don't, I don't really give a shit yeah, about. I liked her. her a lot, but okay, man, it's just me. But I thought, I mean, I like the show overall. Um, 
her whole existence has not intrigued me yet, really. I don't know a lot of backstory about her either, to be honest. I love Hawkeye's, like, everything he's done in the show so far. Um, all the family stuff and shit. Um, I like them making use of his time as the Ronin. Is what, was he, is, that was his, that's what they're calling him, right? The Ronin? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was in the hooded thing. I thought, was he in New, was he in New York during all that? He, I no, thought it was he, in Japan. He went, he went around the world killing oh. motherfuckers. Yeah. I, did, I mean, it's not that I hate, uh, Haley Steinfeld's character. I thought the first episode, I was just annoyed with her. As we got into the third episode, I'm more into it. It's just she's not that the parts where she was alone wasn't doing anything for me. Now that they're teaming up, I'm digging that more for me, at least. Um, I'd say right now, in terms of these Marvel shows, I'm enjoying it less than Loki and uh, well, WandaVision at the beginning wasn't I wasn't digging too much, it was just weird as hell. But less than Loki, maybe a little bit more than Captain America and Winters or whatever Falcon and Winter Soldier. Not that I didn't like it. These all these shows are good. You know, I'm I'm gonna keep watching it. And I didn't finish the other one, the cartoon one at all. I'm like two episodes into What If. Um, and I think that's really it. I don't think I really watched anything else. Go Warriors! I watched a bunch of basketball. Mark, what do you got this week? Uh, yeah, I got a bit. I'm gonna try to keep it uh sparse though um for video games i did finish ratchet and clank last week since i missed the episode last week um and i really enjoyed it finishing games god damn yeah what's going on they're they're few the the, the new one the new one that came Um, one we all we all all have (laughs) yeah i'm trying to remember what the sub name you don't have the mic rift apart wait 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 wait. no 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 no. sorry mark you don't have this game mark i have the old one that came out like 2015 oh i thought you bought the one for the ps5 never mind apologies Mark, continue. That mm-hmm. one is really good, Mike. If you can find it on sale, it's worth it. Um, I, you know, I, I don't finish a lot of games. That one definitely pushed me through for sure. I was interested in, in mostly. I just enjoyed the gu- uh, the gunplay and the gameplay overall, and the narrative. I thought was pretty entertaining. Um, and it, they had some fun, cute stuff towards the end, especially like when the credits rolled. They kind of had a lot of stills that were kind of interesting and told, kind of told like the epilogue or whatever. Um, so that was enjoyable. Um, this week, there's a little indie game coming out that I'm kind of interested in trying out called Heavenly Bodies. And this one is kind of a like an indie space adventure you're kind of playing as an astronaut and you actually do co-op. So I'm kind of interested to play it with Christine. And it's kind of physics based. You're kind of like doing tasks up in space while you're floating around. It seems like it could be a good time um, on the entertainment front. Uh, Bob, I did watch that documentary clerk. Uh, I picked that Ooh, up okay. and I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good, um, especially Someone that, you know, me and Bobby have been Kevin Smith fans for a long time. And, you know, we've seen his little Q&As. We kind of, you know, we, we saw his Q&As before. That was kind of like his whole spiel. We saw him at WonderCon. And then he started touring around. And I, I would say, you know, regardless of how you feel about his body of work, which, you know, has been very up and down throughout his career. He's had peaks and valleys for sure. Um, he's an interesting figure in, you know, the cinema space. Um, and his story is interesting. And I think some of the stuff he talks about about his career is um, intriguing. Um, you know, he's had a lot of controversy throughout his career. And uh, it was a good documentary overall. I did think it was a little long. I think it comes in over two hours. So I think they could have maybe cut stuff. But, you know, the cat's done a lot. And he's had a lot of pivots in his career. So I think they give him due time in a lot of these different aspects. And, yeah, overall, I, I enjoyed the flick. Probably the thing in the last two weeks that I've consumed that I've been the most impressed with and just a huge fan of this guy now. Um, There's this show that was on Adult Swim. I caught season one and two on HBO Max. It's called Joe Para Talks With You. And 
if you're not familiar with Joe Pera, I wasn't. He's a stand-up comedian, and he is very dry. He's very kind of soft-spoken, and his show is it's it's extremely wholesome. I'll say, like, while I was watching the first two seasons, I kept waiting for some something cringy or bad to happen or some, you know, the other uh, shoe to drop. And it really doesn't. I mean, there's definitely some episodes and I ended up watching buying season three because it's ongoing right now um, that definitely deal with like some real life stuff. That's maybe a little bit more melancholy and maybe a little more depressing than most of the show. But like when we were, I remember Bob, we were talking about stand up comedians a while ago and how, you know, with cancer culture, I think like a lot of comedians are finding like, oh, I can't talk about this and that without, you know, upsetting people. And, you know, everyone's such a snowflake. And and I kind of talk about like, you know, I really respect comedians that can have a clean act and still be fucking funny. And Joe Para fucking nails it. Like and after watching his show, I'm consuming interviews. He was on Colbert about season two. And even Colbert's like this show is just like it's just it. It reminds me a little bit of Ted Lasso in that it is just a heartwarming thing where you just you just like these people. You know, you like the characters. And even though some of the characters on the show are kind of assholes or whatever, like he is such a good natured guy. And his comedy just comes from a place of like, even when he is being some like detrimental or even like kind of poking fun at something like he even is like, oh, that was kind of a mean thing to say. I don't you know, I'm just doing that for humor or whatever. But like it really is a show that I. I think people that have watched it instantly become a fan of this guy. Um, you know, and I, I would say give it a couple episodes. They are adult swim shows. So the episodes are very short, like coming in a little after 11 minutes, but it was, it was one of these things like I saw it on um, <clears throat> HBO max. And I was just like, this looks like it could be fun. And I didn't read anything about it. I just gave it a shot with Christine. And after the first episode, we're like, okay, that was, that was pretty good. Let's see. Let's give it one more episode. And after that, I, we were just sold. I was completely sold. Like he just wrote a book. I want to read his book. I asked Christine for it for Christmas. Like I've really became a huge fan of this guy. And I think it's hard not to, if, if you really give him a chance, just watch interviews with him. He's extremely, he's very thoughtful. You know, he's not like the quickest guy in the world, but you can tell like when he responds to something, it he really gives it thought and his show kind of reflects that. I think I think he's better, you know, on a scripted kind of platform than his interviews, like when Colbert's kind of asking him questions about whatever. Um, you know, it's not always like the sharpest guy in the world, but man, it is just it's really good. I, I couldn't recommend it enough. Um, and again, they're short seasons. I think they're like 10 episodes, you know, at 11 minutes a pop. It does not take much time to run through them. Um, I ended up buying season three um youtube and even then like we watched three of the six episodes i'm just like oh i don't i want to watch the next three but i just don't want to run out like i like having that kind of ace in my pocket where i can go back and, and i've rewatched some of the episodes too because it's really fun you don't you don't want to blow it all and like one yeah it's like i don't right? want it to be done and there's more episodes coming you know the, the show the season three still ongoing but it's just that point yeah i don't want to get to that point where it's like oh there's no more new i have to consume the old again which I have, and it's been it's been a blast. So yeah, uh, Joe Para talks with you. Couldn't recommend it enough. Joe Para talks with you. I think I'll give that a listen. So is it I, on HBO Max still? Or it, is that seasons, how you watch? It? Seasons one and two are, and season three is ongoing on Adult Swim. So I think Comedy Central mm. or um, Cartoon Network has some streaming thing that maybe season three is on. But I, I just I liked it so much. I was like, fuck it, I'll buy season three. I don't want to wait because I, I I'm a huge fan. So yeah. 
Did you talk about 10-year-old Tom two weeks ago? Uh, a while ago, yeah. Oh, you that did? Was, okay. Yeah, right. when it came out on HBO. And that, and that was a good one, too. I, I kind of like The Life and Times of Tim a little bit more. I think 10-year-old Tom was fun and in the same vein. I enjoyed watching it, but I think I have more fond memories of The Life and Times of Tim. But that's just- I liked I liked Life and Times of Tim because you told me how much it was. I remember like liking it, and I got into it, and I really liked it. And I don't want to go back and watch it because I, I, I don't whatever memory I have of it is really good. And I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't want to like sully it, but no, anyway. Maybe. Mike, what do you got? Uh, yeah, so quick. Well, I wouldn't say it's a quick thing for me, but it's quick because I just started listening to the latest episodes in this series. And looking back, I know I'm going to be running through all of the other subjects for this particular podcast. It's a podcast called American Scandal, where it's about American history, but more in the aspect of you know, things that, you know, were in the tabloids or like were very, you know, very high in, in news cycles that had a, a scandalous nature. Mike, so, did you know there's a show? It's a show too. Is it? Yeah, my, my dad told me about it. He's like, I'm watching this American Scandal. It's great. They're talking about these thieves doing all kinds of crazy stuff. I don't know which came first. Maybe it was a podcast first and it became a show. That probably makes more sense. But I would say if you burn through all the podcasts, uh, I don't know what it'd be on. But Are you sure? See if you can stream it. There's a American TV show called The Ring? Are you sure? I'm almost positive. I'm going to look it up right now. Okay. But Mike, continue. But yeah, so um, I've gone through uh, two different series so, of it right now. The, the one that got me into it originally was the uh, Clinton Lewinsky affair, um, where they talk about, as you can imagine, um, the Monica Lewinsky and uh, uh, Bill Clinton uh, affair there. So that was a very good listen. You got um, not, you you didn't get enough from Slow Burn on that one. You got yeah, you got to double so, up. So, sometimes you need another fix. And then the current one that I'm actually on um, might matter more to you guys, specifically Bobby, uh, due to his hate of Los Angeles. Uh, but it's a four episode series on LA steals its water. And it chronicles how Los Angeles stole all their water from this uh, little farming town that was right near a lake about 200 miles uh, up north of, uh, of Los Angeles. And there's a bunch of different other topics that they've covered as well, such as uh, Theranos and Elizabeth Holmes, the Attica Prison Uprising, uh, Enron, um, something right up uh, you guys' way. Uh, Balco was actually is actually the uh, first thing that they covered in American Scandal. So they have a lot of different things that I'm looking forward in uh, having to listen to. You know, when I'm playing video games or writing. Wait, wait, they, they let off with Balco. They let off with Balco. Who's the who's who's running the show? Uh, Lindsey Graham, not that Lindsey Graham. Just some guy. Oh named no, Lindsey I was Graham. okay. Gotcha, Marcus. Go ahead. I, I have a correction. <laughs> I was getting the show scandal, and the show my dad watched was called American Greed. So, Mike, I'm sorry. There, there's once you run through those podcasts, you fucked. You're not going to have any more content. My bad. <laughs> I went and looked up American Scandal, and it just kept giving me Scandal, the TV show, and I'm well, like, I saw there's no numbers. way, there's no, no way that's what Mr. Paris is watching. Yeah, no. but there's like, I mean, <laughs> it's American Greed. It's like some A and E show or some perhaps, crap like that. perhaps Mr. Paris should watch Scandal because Olivia Pope is God. Uh, okay, I'll tell my dad. <laughs> He'll be like Olivia, who? What? <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, Mike. 
No, you're good. Uh, American Scandal. Give it a listen, guys. All right. Um, I think that's it for us this week, folks. Um, we're going to be back next week where we're going to see if we got ourselves any new champions. Um, one of them seems very unlikely. One of them looks like it's the slight favorite, as Dustin's the favorite in that fight. Um, don't know if we're getting any contenders. Um, I was just laughing because I was reading, because people are saying, why Sean O'Malley versus some guy? on the main card, and Dominic Cruz versus Pedro Munoz is not. And, Pedro, and Sean O'Malley said, if the UFC thought Dominic Cruz and Pedro Munoz could sell more pay-per-views than me, they'd put them on the main card. And I'm like, that's a real dick thing to say, but he's not wrong. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that is not wrong. He ain't lying. <laughs> Speaking about a real dick thing, Mike, watch that laptop camera. Yeah, Mike just oh, gave boy. us a got, zoom in of his crotch. <laughs> I know it's getting late over there, Mike, but goddamn. I mean, our boy is not wearing pajama bottoms tonight. Let me I ain't wearing pajama bottoms. What are you talking about? Oh, when we saw Peek, it did not look like that, Mike. I don't know if it's two-tone or what's going on, but I thought I was getting a, a bird's-eye view of the good stuff. So. Yo, I'm trying to inspire you guys, all right? Oh, okay. Inspiration. All right, folks. Thank you all for listening. Um, I was Dr. Law. That was uh, Kid. That was he's not here. That was DJ Mark. That was Lavender Gooms. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, we really appreciate it. Um, we get really excited. You know, we like to do this every week because we're all friends and it's fun to talk for an hour and a half. But it's especially fun when we get it when there's a card to get excited for. You for know sure. that. And this was a week like that. Um, and yeah, see y'all next week. Peace out. See ya. Goodbye. Goodbye.